0: All right, folks, you are listening to the Yishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting from Jerusalem to the world, and you're a part of it wherever you are. Thank you, God Almighty, for giving us the chance to broadcast to the world your story and your message from this amazing, holy, and historic capital, uh, and sometimes also embattled capital as well. In any case, uh, not everybody's against Israel. There's a lot of people who love Israel, and sometimes... It's my privilege to talk a little bit about uh, the people who are coming here to support Israel and to be part of the story. And this half hour, you're going to hear from a group of people uh, who uh, are part of an event that brought together a bipartisan group of five U.S. congressmen uh, to tour Israel. And this despite the security situation and the challenges. And this was Representative Alan Lowenthal. Representative Jim Jordan, Representative Scott Garrett, Representative Raul Labrador, and Representative Mark Meadows uh, from the United States Congress, who traveled across Israel to learn the facts behind the headlines and pledge their support as well. This educational trip was sponsored by uh, two amazing organizations. One is called Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, and it was hosted by Yes Israel. You're going to hear from some of the members of those teams and you're going to hear from people who, through thick and thin, and through the challenges, um, uh, sh- are are not going to be are not going to be bullied to forget Israel and to uh, rend asunder our our connection between North America uh, and Israel. And let's get right to it by listening to uh, a discussion that I had with Scott Garrett, a representative from New Jersey. All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show. I'm sitting here with representative. Scott Garrett, he's a representative to the United States Congress from New Jersey. He's a Republican. Uh, He uh, serves the areas of Teaneck and Bergenfield in New Jersey, which means he's got a very strong Jewish population as well, one that cares about Israel very much. And uh, he's a Christian, uh, a faith-based person, and also uh, for Israel has introduced things like the Jerusalem Embassy and Recognition Act of 2013, uh, which basically asks uh, for the embassy to be moved back to sure. Jerusalem, the recognition of Israel. Uh, Representative Scott Garrett, first things, a pleasure to sit with you here today well, in Jerusalem. Pleasure
1: to be with you as well. I know you only have a brief bit of my bio. Um, also, I was on the um, Iran. Sa- I was on the Iran sanctions committee. Oh, I guess that was back in 2010. That was when we first passed out of Congress. Um, the initial. Uh, Iran sanctions um, in a bipartisan manner, and ever since uh, beginning then and forward on, uh, trying to make sure that we had the toughest sanctions that we could have on Iran. Um, I could go into detail on that, but uh, that was some of my other experience in this area.
0: So basically, if I take those two experiences together, basically on the one hand you're fighting Israel's enemies, helping you understand that those enemies are also America's enemies. You're trying to push back on Iran, which is a jihadist juggernaut. Yes. And trying to uh, help the United States of America, uh, really a, a, a country that cares about the Bible, many of its people, and cares sure. about Israel, recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Those are two big issues that matter around here.
1: They do. Um, they do. And I've worked on both fronts, and we have been able to work on some of them in a bipartisan manner. I serve in the House of Representatives in a bicameral manner in both the Senate and the House as well. On the conference committee, one of the frustrating points on there was we were trying to put on the toughest sanctions. This is several years ago to try to uh, impose on Iran to force their hand, if you will, on the nuclear situation. The, the pushback that we got, as your, your, listeners to this probably recall, was from the administration and the State Department, where they said, no, 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 uh, we don't want those tough sanctions in place. Just give us more flexibility, a famous word for this president, um, that we will be able to work with them." 2010, that's five years ago now, and of course, we've seen the result of that. By giving the administration as much flexibility as we did, unfortunately, um, we ended up with the, the terrible the nuclear deal at the end of the day that we've suffered under and will suffer under for the next Decade.
0: Well, you call it the nuclear deal, but in some sense, the Iran deal is really not about the bomb at all, is it? It's really about the return of... of billions of dollars into the coffers right. of the Iranian terrorists' efforts.
1: Sure, and without getting into weeds on in this, I was one of about two dozen members of the House who voted against the Corker legislation, uh, which basically turned the U.S. Constitution on its head, which prevented us at the end of the day to be actually do what the U.S. Constitution required us to do, is to ratify or to approve a... Um, uh, an Iran deal or a treaty and again at the end of the day we were not able to do that because we needed 218 votes in the House and 60 votes in the Senate to disapprove what he did and without getting into the weeds basically um, what we did was to Uh, by doing that um, facilitated a bad deal and you're right to your point um, what it has done is to uh, allow this administration to go forward with a bad deal on the nuclear portion but also to facilitate the undoing the undoing of what we were trying to do back in 2010 as far as additional sanctions on them on the financial portion but also on the ballistic missile portions as well all aspects that were never contemplated in the so-called deal that uh, the Senate was uh, okaying so uh, the uh
0: the Iranian regime got some tailwind from that, uh, from yeah. the Corker. Well, yeah, they got... Yeah. And then the next day after yeah. that, right. they got a new deal with a new boss, a new friend, and that's Vladimir Putin. And basically, there's okay. a new access, now empowered by, by the money that has been released into Iran, a new access that includes Russia, Iran, Shiite Iraq, Shiite Syria, and, of course, Shiite Hezbollah. Together, united in a united front. We got a, we got a juggernaut here that's just been empowered.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like the way you put it. They have been empowered, but they've been they've been empowered, unfortunately, by our administration for a long time. But now it's on on steroids, if you will, uh, by what they've been able to do. Now, to um To address this, and some folks may not know this, we passed legislation in the House with regard to the one point that you raised, and that is the releasing of the $110 billion to say, wait, 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 wait a minute. Congress is saying let's try to slow this down or to put an end to this by saying in the U.S., as you're probably familiar with, there are a number of claims, legal suits previously, over the last half a dozen years, by Americans who have been injured by that regime. And so we have legislation in the House. What it would do is to prevent any of that $110 billion to being to release to this regime until when? Until all the Americans who have legal claims against the regime are compensated first, which I think is the absolute appropriate thing to do.
0: Representative Scott Garrett, you're a congressman. And uh, Congress is in Washington, D.C. That's the capital of the United States of America. There you so go. So you're coming from New Jersey, you go to the capital, you take that, uh, what's that called, the Acela? or yeah, the, uh, the Amtrak train, yes. The Amtrak train, and you go to the capital. That capital is famous in the world. It's not in any state, it's, yeah, okay. it's Washington, D.C. It's very famous and yes. special. You know, we got a capital here also. It's called Jerusalem pretty much uh, established 3,000 years ago, quite famous throughout the world, maybe the single most famous city in antiquity in terms of a name, Jerusalem. Right. Yet our best friend and ally, the United States of America, people like yourself, Bible-loving people, Israel-loving people, people who, who know the stories, people who have seen the heroism of Israel rebuilt in our modern time, somehow represent a country that somehow does not recognize Jerusalem as either the capital of Israel yeah. or even in part... Uh, a city in Israel, my daughter born in western Jerusalem, does not mm-hmm. have a recognition. As I say this, I see little uh, squirms and, and anguish on your face. I could see that there's something, it bothers you, this thing.
1: Sure, and so ever since I've been in Congress, I've supported... Um the israeli position on this as to where their co- where their capital is and should be i believe any sovereign nation has that right to make that determination themselves it should not be outside influences it shouldn't be the un should be their neighbors it should be that country's own uh, people decide where their capital should be and that's why i always believe that the united states should recognize that and to that end i've co-sponsored legislation to have the united states recognize that uh, where's the problem the problem is back in our administration and there are the Administrations. Pro- administrations, not, yes. From Because Republican I've been,
0: and, and Democrat I've been, have... Yeah,
1: I've been under two presidents. I've been under President Bush and President um, Obama. Both administrations have taken the wrong view. And where's the other problem, just so understand, is in the U.S. State Department. The State Department of the United States has always been the fly in the ointment, if you will, the wrench in the works that have pushed back and have tried to, to prevent and say to Congress, no, 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 do not move that legislation, whether it's the House or the Senate. It. And uh, it's a battle in the United States, but there are some of us who would take the right side.
0: Congressman, you're in Jerusalem right now.
1: Yes. And uh, before
0: we started our interview, uh, you said to me, you know, what should the interview, you said to me, what do I want to focus on the interview? Should we uh, talk about my Bible side or should we talk about politics? And I said to you, well, that's exactly the mix. That I think is so important, to be able to see the world in both geostrategic and realpolitik ways, and also in a biblical, spiritual, godly, uh, with those eyes as well. To be able to combine them and to actually make thoughts and policies based on that. So tell me a little bit about your faith, tell me about why you're here in Jerusalem, and how you bring those two facets of your thinking together,
1: sure, you use the one word the geopolitical, I certainly as a member of Congress or elected representative, certainly look at it from that perspective to see that uh, Israel is our one true friend in the region and how this uh, benefits in the significance of the United States, but also on the other hand, I am as I indicated before a born again Christian, and I understand the faith aspect of, to it as well i 'm here with my wife, who is also born again, and we just very much appreciate uh, that aspect of the relationship as well and for every time that uh, I come here to Israel, and I've been here several times now, it is always a eye-opening and heartwarming heartwarming experience to be here, uh, to be from both a political point of view, but from a personal uh, faith basis, to to see the interrelationship the between our two uh, shared faiths. Um, uh, in, in our New Testament, of course, it's in Romans, it says, um, as, the, as the branches are broken off, um, our faith has been grafted on. So I often say to audiences, uh, I am uh, Jewish, too, in my roots, uh, because as Christians, we have been grafted on to the same vine.
0: And when you're in here in Jerusalem, how, yeah. does, it, how does
1: it feel to be in Jerusalem?
0: The, when you see this this, on the one hand, flowering capital, yeah. but on the other hand... Uh, embattled capital as well.
1: Yeah, so it's we've come, and and this has been my experience in the past. It seems like my, my history of coming here has been during uh, traumatic, tragic times. I've been here during the uh, back years ago during the bus bombing. In, uh, Period. I've been here during the period when the cafes were uh, under attack and people being bombed then, and I'm being here now this time when the uh, the knifing incident. So it's a. Uh, uh, I, I guess I have a track record of coming just during the uh, bad experiences. But well, or course,
0: maybe Israel's got a track record of being under attack. I was just
1: about I was just about to say that. Uh, un, unfortu- unfortunately, or what have you, for the people that live here, you all live here constantly under constant attra- attack, being just simply surrounded by uh, neighbors who just not appreciate uh, that you were looking for what? Just to live in peace.
0: That's right, and they don't see our rights here as well. Uh, Representative Congressman Scott Carey, thank you so much for showing up here in thank Jerusalem. You. Thank you so much for being part of the fight. And I hope, really, I, and I, I want to say this in the, in the truest fashion, I really do hope that I will be able to shake your hand uh, when the United States of America recognizes Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, moves that embassy back to Jerusalem, that'll be a great day. Uh, our very good friend doesn't recognize our very face. And that, that's, that's something that there's a, a rock, uh, an, I mean, a kind of stumbling block in our relationship.
1: And I, I look forward to being able to shake your hand r- r- once again rather soon, and I hope that uh, that'll be on that day.
0: Okay, Representative Congressman Scott Garrett from New Jersey. From TNIC and Bergenfield. Thanks so much for being with us.
1: Thank you, Ria. Appreciate it. God bless.
0: Ari Briggs is the director of international relations at Regavim, an organization trying to uh, fight for Israel's land rights in places like the Negev and in the Galila as well. And really, uh, as I've written recently in the Jerusalem Post, there is a silent intifada, and it's not uh, with rocks. And it's not with the media. Rather, it is simple, old-school land-grabbing. Mm-hmm. That land-grabbing very much influences the future of how the state of Israel is going to look on the map. And we see that in the Middle East, land borders change. They're changing right now very strongly with the advent of uh, forces like ISIS. But ISIS do it with tanks, and they do it with, with RPGs. Uh, what's happening in the and Galil is a slow encroachment, and that encroachment is also backed up by the law, including the Israeli Supreme Court, which for some reason does not stand up for Israeli interests and Jewish interests, but rather is so liberal that it it at times uh, is more in favor of the land grabbers uh, than the Jewish people who are trying to get back to their ancestral homeland and settle in it. Uh, Ari, uh, you're here at this group uh, of congressmen speaking to them, uh, explaining to them the situation and how the United States is involved. Tell me a little bit about about what you're
2: presenting here to congressmen. Okay, so Vim, as a research organization, uh, follows up that research with uh, legal advocacy. And even though you mentioned the Supreme Court and its liberal leanings and activist uh, leanings, we are winning nowadays in the courts uh, because we've learned how to do that. There's only they can only be so cynical and not accept what the facts are and the rights that the state and the Jewish people have uh, to the land here on on the cases that we're dealing with. So what we have a situation is not just in the Negev and not just in the Galil, but all over Israel, including uh, Judea and Samaria, uh, where uh, the land, there is this silent grab of the land, and we're making people aware of that. So we're here talking to the congressman not only because we want them to be aware of one of the battles that Israel is currently fighting, but also because there are NGOs and there are senators and congressmen themselves involved in trying to usurp the land of Israel away from the government itself, away from uh, the state. So these NGOs lose in the Supreme Court, lose in district courts, because we're now a lot better in ensuring we're in there. So then they go on, to the court of world opinion and they convince a lot of people to apply pressure to the administration here to the to the government to ignore the rulings of the supreme court ignore the rulings of district courts ignore the rights of the jewish people to the land of israel and uh, counter that with that pressure
0: so so if the police are weak but they try to get stronger the courts are weak they try to get stronger you win in those in, in those fronts mm-hmm. in, in those battles they, they kind of jump over those and, and try to say, forget the courts. This is what's right through world opinion. And the way they do it also is by recreating a narrative. One of the cases that I've seen you've been fighting on recently is the beautiful uh, Hebron Hills town of Susia, which is an ancient Jewish community. We have found tremendous archaeology mm-hmm. and, um, as part of the Jewish town, the Mishnah Jewish town that existed there, uh, Mishnah period. Uh, right after the uh, Roman destruction of of Jerusalem, uh, and yet somehow that has been, although courts and the police have backed that up, and archaeology has backed it up, public opinion is being redrawn through a recreation of a narrative about what you about Sus- what Susia is, and Susia therefore, through this new vision, is a settlement, which means it's a Johnny Come Lately bunch of tents that you know that that is uh, taking away other people's land rights, and. It was, instead of an ancient Jewish town, it was an ancient Palestinian town. So it's a completely different narrative is drawn about the story of Susia.
2: Correct. They've reversed the narrative. Reversed the narrative. And what is happening is they have taken, even though the Supreme Court has ruled multiple times that they are illegal squatter, Arab squatters, who have established encampments in between the archaeological side of Susia and the Jewish community of Susia, the world is now saying, no, Arab Susia has been there forever, and you Jews are the newcomers. You Jews are not the indigenous people. It's those Palestinians, the indigenous. You Jews don't have the right to be there, but those Palestinians have the right to be wherever they want to be.
0: How do these congressmen in this room help you with that?
2: Well, what we want to do is counter those briefings that are going on in Washington that are reversing that narrative. We need to get up there and show them the same facts that we use in the Supreme Court to win there. We can win over the U.S. people and the congressmen and senators to support Israel, not pressure Israel to enforce the law and for the equal application of that law.
0: And uh, there are also congressmen in the United States that are fighting against
2: that? Correct. We have letters that I'm showing uh, the congressman here, both from senators and from congressmen, uh, showing that they're trying to apply pressure on Israel, writing letters to the Prime Minister of Israel and Senator Kerry to have him apply pressure on Prime Minister of Israel not to enforce the law equally here in Israel. And uh, the land of
0: Israel, uh, your efforts, have, are they bearing fruit or do you find that it's sometimes futile?
2: It's not. It's never futile. We have to do and we do do and we win and we'll continue to do it and slowly but surely we're going to turn things around here.
0: Ari Briggs, Raghavim, thank you so much. Thank you. Ruthie Lieberman is the executive director of the Yes Israel Project, which is bringing congressmen here to Israel to hear about our issues uh, and really make that connection strong. Uh, Ruthie, you're a veteran of Israel-U.S. connections. Uh, You have been in the halls of power both in the administrations and and government of Israel and in the United States. That's what you've made your, your, your name on. And now you have this new project called Yes Israel, the Yes Israel Project. Tell me about it.
3: I think we're talking about an advocacy for Israel that's been around for a while. If you look around the room we're in now with a lot of people who are so dedicated to the cause and they've got some issue that just is is burning within them and they want to be able to share it. I found myself in a position where I looked around at my friends who were doing so many good things and I said, well, let's gather our strengths together and use our connections to get something done. Rather than just meet people and and feel good about each other or bad about a situation, we want to do something about it. So I looked around, talked to the Israeli government officials, and then I talked to friends in Congress and said, well, how do we get you together? And they said, just bring, bring it on. Bring us the issues. Come to us when you need us, and we're here to help you. Uh, we're we're almost all American Israelis so that there's no issue of foreign involvement. We're Americans. We vote in America. We vote in Israel. We're involved. We care about the two countries. We say that Israel is in the U.S. best interest. We're not asking for favors. We're coming and saying this is an opportunity. We all care about Israel. We care about a relationship with the United States. Let's do it. So this is an example of an outgrowth of this project. What happens is many of us go to Washington. We want to talk to the right people. We in the Yes Israel project want to be that catalyst. You've got something good to say. Let's open the door for you. Let's get you in there and let's get something happening.
0: Now these are are really pro-Israel congressmen that are here. Ones that have been fighting against Iran... Creating Iran sanctions, ones that have been fighting for Jerusalem to be recognized as the capital of the state of Israel by the United States, by our best friend. Those are some of the issues. And then I hear even more technical issues. Uh, I hear people from Samaria talking about what certain aid organizations from the United States government only give to Palestinians and the Judean Samaria. All kinds of little technical issues. And congressmen are nodding their head and understanding the issues. And they're going to be able to help people kind of uh, get through some of the um, bureaucracy that's out there.
3: And this is something that you're seeing happening here in Jerusalem for a reason. We're working with these congressmen and learning from them that they want to have an influence on the question of Iran. But they also want to understand why the State Department is stopping Jewish children born in Jerusalem from writing that they were born in Israel. They want to know the details, too. Mm. So what we do is uh, we bring them to Israel under the... Uh, under the topic of Yes, Israel missions. So we've created missions that have to do with the whole Yes, Israel project. And basically, it's to take the congressmen who are not new, who are not just beginning to learn, and who are not just kind of in Congress for a couple years. We're taking people who are seriously engaged already. People who will call you up and say, Hey, Ishai, what's the issue today? What can I do for Israel today? Where's Mm. the U.S.-Israel relationship going tomorrow on my desk? Put something on there so I can work on it. So these are the kind of guys we bring to Israel... And we say, let's take a look at it. We put them up in a helicopter. They went yesterday. They flew from Tel Aviv to the Golan Heights, back down to Ashkelon and overlooking Aza. I've never
0: been on a flight like that.
3: (laughs) When you become a congressman and you work for Israel, we'll take you. Or maybe before. So they saw this. They're meeting with the defense minister, General Ami Dror, too, and they talk about the big issues in the Middle East. And then they sit with people like you and me who get very frustrated about the, the gritty, the detail, like you said, and they want to do something. And maybe it's legislation. Maybe it's a hearing. Maybe somebody's on the right committee and they can bring it up. Maybe they can really do something. So we're not here just to create the relationships. We're here to use the relationships and figure out who should talk to whom to get something done.
0: We're talking with Ruthie Lieberman, the Yes Israel Project. Uh, yes, Israel is bringing congressmen and connecting them to the issues, and connecting us to them so that we can understand. As you're explaining now, uh, what are the right pathway is to get something done. Final question: uh, I, I, there, There's a, there's an interesting mix here of the the people that the congressmen and women that are here are uh, on the one hand. Geopolitically minded, they understand the problems of jihadism. They understand the value of Israel and all that. And at the same time, a lot of them are also biblically minded, spiritually driven. It's an interesting confluence. Uh, sometimes, you know, in the, the American think, uh, you know, the separation of church and state, but should that separation be in the mind? In these congressmen and women know that, that they have, a, they have a, a way to join those things. Tell me a little bit about the, the connection of spirituality and b- biblical understanding and, and geopolitical, hard-nosed, realpolitik.
3: This is a mission to Israel that is bipartisan. It is a mission for Israel that is bipartisan. We're working with Democrats and Republicans, so I can't speak for all of them. You know, some of them will raise the security flag, and some of them will wave the Bible and say that's their guide. But what we find is that we're mostly, most seriously connecting with the guys who have both. It's just like you felt in the room. Uh, we try not to all be keeper wearing or head covering, and it's not all about the Bible. And yet, when we talk about security, most of these guys will say, but hey, It's your right. It's your homeland. Let's talk about that, too. So they'll even bring it up. So it's it's really interesting, and it's kind of more honest and real because we all do feel that way, and we don't have to hide. We can say it's biblical, it's moral, and it's security and military. And Israel needs America, but America needs Israel even more, and they get it. And it's really important for us to work with both Democrats we want to work with Republicans. We want to work with people who are all on the different committees that we'll need to tap into. So it's, it's exciting and it's positive And I think that's something that's maybe attracted people to be part of the, um, of the effort. Um, it's all just on everyone's spare time usually. And it's all because people are a little crazy about the issues and want to help. But it's also something that feels good because you're talking to friends and you're talking to people who want to help. So we share all those values and, um, and it's really quite encouraging.
0: And it is encouraging also in this tough time when the terror wave has struck us to see this congressman here and sharing in our kind of challenge and also sharing in our courage as well. Ruthie Lieberman, you're a courageous fighter for Israel, have been so for for many years now with your new project, the Yes Israel Project. Thank you so much for all you do.
3: Thanks, Isha. You too.
0: Eve Harrow, veteran tour guide and show hostess with The Mostess. Eve, how are you? Good to see you again. Haven't hang out with you since Voice of Israel.
4: I know, I missed you, Shai. It was so much fun.
0: Well, here we are at an event. Uh, by the Yes Israel Project, which is bringing congressmen here to Israel in conglomeration with Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, PJTN. Good folks are bringing other good folks to this country at this very tough time. So before we get to the congressman, just about this tough time, how are you doing? How are you faring? Uh, you, you're, 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 as your name connotes, you're a mom to many children, and and a lot of people know you. Tell me about this, this situation of this... Um, zombie-like knifing in the streets of Jerusalem and and all over the country. How, How are you feeling?
4: Okay, so my youngest two are both in uniform. I'm actually less worried about my son who's in a combat unit because he's safe on base than I am about my 19 year old daughter who walks around in a uniform every single day, and those girls happen to be the target. So every single day is sending let, her let, out. Let,
0: let, let, me, let me tease that out. What you're saying is, is that actually people in uniform are targets yes, today.
4: They're being targets, especially the girls. Um, so look, this brings me back to the years before where we have to have, first of all, always have faith. Always have faith and realize that most of us aren't in control of our lives anyway, and that's all happens to be an illusion. But also be prepared. She's got a pepper spray. We're, you know, we're keeping an eye out. But I went to the supermarket yesterday where there were Arabs behind the meat counter uh, with their, like, meat cleavers, okay? And here everybody's worried about Arabs running around with knives, and I'm, like, getting chicken for Shabbat you know. But you and weren't chicken yourself. No, I was not. I went because you have to really dig deep inside yourself to not change your routine as much as you possibly can because that's a form of victory for the bad guys. Right. And it's right. a very difficult thing to do. I'm not saying that it's easy, but it has to be done. D-
0: do you want to hear a little thing that I keep on uh, talking about with people? People say to me things like, it's scary outside. It's, t- it's terrifying. I say, listen, I don't mind you use the word danger. It's dangerous. But try to stay away from the words. Exactly. It's terrifying or scary because when you use that word, you give them that victory. You could talk about danger and how we face danger, but right now is the time to flex the muscle of courage. That's uh, a term that I learned from Yom Tov Glazer. Flex that, that muscle of courage nice. and, and, and not to talk about getting scared. Right. Talk about being, and I, and I bless everybody. I'm going to bless you today. Eve, have a great day. Stay tactical.
4: Stay tactical. Stay tactical out there. Well, what's bothering me is war on terror. It's like saying a war on tanks. Like, there, there are people using terror. We're not fighting terror. We're fighting people with a particular ideology who are trying to kill good people. Right. And all this dancing around, I, I don't get it. Like, let's call it what it is, all right? And then be ready for it and hope that our leadership, look, I don't have control over what the army's going to do or the police going to do. I'm praying for our leaders to understand what the situation is and do what they can to keep us safe because that's what they were elected to do, all right? And I'm going to do what I was put on this earth to do, which is talk to people as much as I can, guide people around the land of Israel. No one's canceled on me yet. I've wow. got I've got full roster for the next few months, few months, and hopefully people will still come because your most dangerous, you know, the people who get on the airplanes and take off their shoes and give up their lipsticks, it's the same evil that's running around the streets here of Jerusalem with knives. It's the same ideologies behind all that. So are people not traveling? Are people not going places? Good people of the world, get up, Do your thing and push back against the others and come to Israel. There is nothing like it, which is why they're trying to terrorize you and keep you away because the inspiration and the love of humanity that you will get when you come to Israel is something they don't want you to have. You're going to give them that victory? Get over here.
0: My mom says to me, it's time to buy real estate right now. She's so right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know, like buy real estate.
0: And, but but I actually thought that that message itself was so much more inspiring. It's like it's like get out there. Jeremiah
4: and, and, did it that's on his right. way out of here. He that's bought a right. piece of real estate outside Jerusalem. If he could do it, we could do it. And if you don't have the money for real estate, just come see the country, see the people, understand what's really really happening here. Look at the coexistence and the tolerance, and you know, realize that you're being lied to. And get here and put on your sunglasses and. You know, Get off the rose-colored glasses, put on the sunglasses, and come see this amazing place. And don't be scared.
0: Now, let's talk about these uh, congressmen and women that are here right now. Um, They are uh, interested in our story. They are very attentive. And they're also sharing our story right now by being here at this time. Well,
4: one of the things that I was telling them is I actually am less worried about Israel than I am about America. Uh, Because we get it. We're sitting here in the Middle East. We understand that honor and shame is the currency in the Middle East outside right. of Israel, not guilt forgiveness of Christians and Jews. Americans are distracted. Americans are not paying attention. Uh, Europe is done. They just let the enemy in the front door. And I don't want America to do the same. Uh, I think, you know, this idea of like being nice to Israel because whatever, we have some shared values, forget about it. Israel is now leading the way when it comes to showing what's really happening in the world and where the people who want to destroy the world is. We know what are coming from.
0: Yet still our own leaders, people like, like Benjamin Netanyahu, who I follow his Twitter feed, and his messaging has been recently, Abu Mazen is inciting to murder and to terrorism. Abu Mazen is bad. And then he says, Abu Mazen, I am, I am willing to sit down with you for negotiations Amazing. with no preconceived... Uh, uh, preconceived uh, Preconditions. Uh, preconditions. Right. I'm, I'm ready to jump in anytime waiting for you. Right. And I wrote back to him on Twitter. I'm like... You know, we're behind you, just but you got to decide. You know, you. I mean, to me, it's obvious. If this guy's a Nazi and a terrorist and trying to destroy Israel, then what's there what to talk about? What's there to talk about here? Right. Let's, like, just get him, get right. the bad guys. Right. I mean, look. So, the, so you say Israel gets it? Sometimes we get frustrated. Oh, the that people even, get it. The right. leaders
4: don't always get it. Sometimes, you know, the leading from behind thing. So, look, uh, maybe we're expecting too much from our leaders. I don't know. Maybe they should just like keep us safe. And well, that's know.
0: interesting you say that because the other big phenomenon that I've been noticing is that when terrorists are captured or or brought down, you see that people come out with their umbrellas and with their rolling pins and with their feet and they're kicking terrorists. It's called survival
4: instinct. It's the most basic
0: one people have. It's a fighting instinct. It's more than a survival. No, survival is running. Th- there's, a, there's a fight Protect. Not flight Protect Yeah.
4: No no even fight yeah.
0: Get in there And yeah. I'm going to show you Mr. terrorist jihadi I'm going to show you What Israel's made of It's been a beautiful sight I got to tell you yeah. To me it's been heartening
4: and, and But it's like Coexisting with this fear So we know that our pendulum Swings very very wide Here in Israel You know Like the, the joys Are so amazing like You feel your feet Leave the ground And the grief when people are hurt or or worse is so deep. It's like it happened to you, Um, but that's our strength as well. We really, really care. It's intense. We care. We're amazing.
0: Eve Harrow, veteran tour guide, broadcaster. Look forward to being on the next iteration of uh, our radio station. We've been on two radio stations Mm -hmm. together, but another one is
4: right beside you, Shai. That's right. Another one is on the way. It's
0: brewing. There's there's a pregnancy happening here, and we'll we'll be letting that information out uh, slowly when the time comes. Stay tuned. Eve Harrow, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, with us. Ishai. All right, folks, you are listening to the Eshai Fleischer show. Thanks again so much for joining me. I want to hear from you. Join me even more by writing me an email, show at com. Check out what we're doing on Facebook at Ishai Fleischer and also at Twitter at Eshai Fleischer. Great. So you got the coordinates. You can reach out. That's great. Also, if you want to make this show happen, you want to help it out, you want to dedicate it, uh, check out our website, IshaiFleischer.com. And there is a great donate option and you could do it monthly. You could do it in any way you can and any penny helps because it makes a difference uh, in, in production value and in time that we can put into it. And we love you so much out there. We want to connect you to the story of Israel. You deserve it because it is the most incredible story in the world. It's the most incredible time that we're living in. So don't let anybody bring you down or make you feel like this is not worth it or be scared of it. This is an incredible opportunity to be part of the story of Israel. And thank you so much for letting me be part of the story of your life. Stay tuned. More great stuff is on the way. And shalom.